Hello and welcome. You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch movement. They want to see Matthew 24, 14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul. Well, Andrew, I uh, just want to thank you again so much for being on the podcast. And listeners, you, this, today you just have me. Steve Finley is away on vacation, but I'm here with Andrew Brown from Alongside. And I'm going to let him tell us a little bit about himself and what he does and uh, help us to get to know him just a little bit. Thanks, Silas. Uh, probably I need to start by saying, yeah, it's an honor to be invited. Uh, at Alongside, we are huge fans of Antioch, uh, definitely in your corner and so to be able to to be part of this uh, to to serve the the movement is yeah, it's a really neat experience. So thanks for having me. Mm, thank you. Well, yeah, tell us a little bit about what you do at Alongside. Yeah, so uh, Alongside was founded uh, almost twenty years ago, and uh, we're all about serving people that are in ministry. Uh, oftentimes, there's not many safe places where people in ministry can just be people uh, as they are. And so we try to be that place. We do that primarily through three-week counseling intensives. And it involves some teaching, some group time with others, and some personal counseling time. And so my my life happens in three-week rhythms. And we see God do a lot of neat things here. We've definitely done a lot of great things for, for some of our people. So I just want to thank you for your commitment to helping people get whole. So another thing um, I'd like, well, I've kind of been told, I don't know this for a fact, but I've been told by some people that have a lot of respect for you that you're kind of the one, or at least one of the um, resident experts in burnout and helping people deal with burnout and work through burnout. So I wonder if you could just help us understand or help me understand a little bit what is burnout? And uh, and kind of also, I, I, sometimes to look at what something is, we have to look at what it isn't, because we use that word a lot. And I'm wondering if we're using it accurately. Yeah. Well, I, I'll fully admit that I cheated. So I, I looked it up. And so the, <laughs> in the ICD-11, which is like the handbook that, that is used globally to, to look at different kinds of health problems and struggles, uh, it was it was interesting because they were very specific. It's a syndrome to a collection of symptoms. They said it results from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. Mm. So I found that interesting. Um, that burnout typically uh, is is focused on your work life, and it's related to stress that has not been managed successfully. So that that's kind of a starting point for a definition. They lay out three different dimensions of it uh, that are probably helpful to talk about. One would be uh, exhaustion. So this deep, deep fatigue and and lack of energy. There's also then in terms of your work, uh, feeling disconnected from it. Um, Maybe you were passionate about it at one point, but now you're going through the motions uh, or maybe beyond disconnection. You actually have some negative feelings, some resentment, some bitterness uh, that's starting to develop about the workplace. 
Okay. Uh, and then the third one would be reduced effectiveness. So maybe you're putting in the same hours, but you're certainly not seeing the same fruit from your work. So that's the that's the textbook definition maybe to start out with. Okay. Um, definitely seen some of those things and some of the people that, that I've worked with. So I, I wonder what comes first, the chicken or the egg with decreased effectiveness. If sometimes being in a place or a situation where you're not seeing the effectiveness that you're hoping for, if that can lead to some of the other, the other two facets. Yeah, absolutely. I think it can go either way, right? So if we look at it as, as how we relate to stress with our work and our efforts, uh, I mean, you have people, especially in ministry, who have sacrificed a lot for a cause, for a purpose. And so when you don't see the, the fruit of that sacrifice, yeah, a lot of times you're not feeling uh, the, the reward for all of your labors. And I think that can be draining for almost anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what would it look like if somebody was burnt out or in the process of burning out? What would be some of those signs that that would be a warning sign maybe for them to look out for or to see or for those around them? Yeah. So I'd, I'd lean back on the definition, but maybe we'll, we'll uh, flesh it out a little bit. So it's more than just being tired, but you start to see people that have this pervasive depletion or exhaustion and really an emphasis on pervasive. And so lots of us uh, put in a hard day's work or go through a difficult season and we're tired and we need to recover. Typically the, the warning sign with burnout is that there's this inability to recover. So you might take your normal time off, but you're not really getting gas back in the tank. The battery is not getting charged. And so I would say that that's, that's a significant warning sign to say, wait a second, it makes sense that I'm tired, but I'm not able to bounce back the way that, that I used to be. Mm-hmm. It's like those situations where someone goes on vacation and it feels good for a couple of days and then they start thinking about uh, returning back and, and they just, they're, they're still tired. They're exhausted. They don't want to, they don't want to leave their vacation and go back to, to work. It, it might look like that's a, a sign of burnout maybe. Yeah. It, it's definitely something to pay attention to. Okay. Are there other signs or symptoms that like, cause you know, when, when you have something like depression, there's, there's a whole list of, of different little minor symptoms that collectively, when you look at them as a cluster, it, it shows you that there's a, a case for depression there. Is there something more than just somebody who's physically, emotionally exhausted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say um, you really do want to look at, at what the person's relationship with their work is looking like currently. And so you start to listen to people talk about their work, their ministry, and you know, oftentimes what emerges is a, a lack of passion or some of these negative feelings. And I would say uh, it's one of the reasons why burnout's so tragic when it comes to ministry, because I mean, a lot of people go into ministry really fueled by love, fueled by passion, you know, love for God, love for people. And so you get to a point where somebody's more or less going through the motions. They're still doing what's required of them, maybe. But there's not the passion. There's not the zeal. Uh, it, it seems to be flowing more from a place of obligation as opposed to to love and, and kind of that internal motivation. I, I would say that's another significant warning sign. And, of course, people are unique, so that, that can look all different ways. But oftentimes, if you listen to people, you'll start to pick up on that. 
Yeah. Wow. So, you know, in our podcast, as I shared with you earlier, is about resiliency and it's the name of it. And so in keeping with that, that topic, uh, you, you mentioned something earlier, just that, that idea of going, getting the rest that they normally would get, but not being able to bounce back, not being able to recover. And one of our working definitions kind of a, that it continues to evolve as we, as we talk about it is that resiliency is that ability to kind of snap back into place or to, to recover from, from stress or from uh, being, being stretched. What are, what are some of the characteristics or traits that, um, that maybe people on the front end could develop or maybe in the middle of it when they're feeling burnout could develop that would help them to, to become more resilient to, to uh, burnout or recovery from burnout? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think a few things come to mind. Uh, one is really just embracing our design. And so as we look at how we're made, we really can't argue the fact that, that God has uh, rhythm built into who we are. So I think John DeCryder was, was on your uh, podcast a while back, and he talks a lot about Sabbath and working from our rest as opposed to re- resting from our work. Mm. And, and so I think to, to pay attention to how we're designed, I think that John also talks about how, you know, Adam and Eve, their first day on the job was resting. And so clearly resting is important, uh, but as is work. And so I, I think when we look at our, our, our design, we're designed for this rhythm of uh, we, we go to work, we work hard. Sometimes it, it's difficult seasons. And then we come back down and we rest. And, mm-hmm. and then we come back and we work and then we rest. And so stress, uh, I would say kind of the, the best definition I know of is this imbalance of resources and demands. And so as we look at our relationship with work, our relationship with stress, if we feel like, okay, I have all these demands, all these responsibilities, and I'm feeling under-resourced kind of continually, that's probably going to be an, an unhealthy recipe uh, or relationship with stress. Mm-hmm. So it's not that stress is bad, of course, uh, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but you know, we're, we're designed to be motivated by stress, to, to be empowered sometimes by stress. But, but sometimes we, we live in that place. We never come back down and rest. And, uh, and, and so I'd say one of the things that we look at with people in terms of resiliency is rhythm. Like, do I have a healthy rhythm, a healthy balance where there are times where I, I dig deep, you know, that grit and push forward and then following that do I prioritize okay now it's time to rest recharge Um, so I I would say that that's probably a really big key is just knowing what we're made for how we're designed to live and work and living according to that design Mm. and it's interesting how for some of us this makes total sense in certain categories but not others Mm. so I, I like to talk to people about their budget and I say, okay, listen, like if, if you have income of $2,000 a month and expenditures of $2,500 a month, how much stress do you have every month? <laughs> What's well, at least $500 worth? I mean, typically it's more than that because there's unexpected things that come up outside the budget. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense financially. And you flip that around and say, okay, suppose your income is $2,500 a month, your expenditures are $2,000 a month. Okay, most people are going to feel pretty confident and comfortable in that place. And, and so I would say uh, to, to apply that then to the other aspects of us, other resources, our time, our energy, 
of relationships, you know, the things that I say yes to, the things that I say no to. It, it's a, a challenging question to say, am I budgeting my other resources well? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and oftentimes we, when we stop and reflect, we realize, oh, uh, I'm, living a bit, I'm, I'm writing checks that I can't necessarily cash all the time. So looking at how we're designed, uh, what are some other things that, that would be characteristics of, of someone who either can, can grow into to be more resilient or just a, an innate characteristic of a resilient person? Yeah. At least as it relates to this area of burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I would say the other one, the, the other big one for me that is sometimes difficult to talk about because it's such a nebulous concept for some of us is humility. Hmm. So I I think sometimes we see burnout coming because we're not in touch with reality. And I think that that humility at its core is about being grounded in reality. So to be grounded in reality about who God is and reality about who I am. And some of that means like who I'm not. I would say it's also uh, kind of the reality about where my true worth and acceptance comes from. So uh, my wife and I served overseas for several years and um, grew up as a PK. So I I think that I had all the head knowledge. And if somebody said, hey, where's your identity found? I would have given all the right answers to say it's in Christ. But, you know, having lived overseas yourself, you know, you, you move cross culturally. There's a whole lot of things you realize that were feeding your sense of worth and identity that once yeah. those are taken away, you're like, oh, wait a second, who am I now? Right. And so I think that the really being grounded in where does my worth come from? And actually, the one of the things I like to talk to people about is a lot of the things that we cling to are really just roles. You know, somebody's an arm, somebody's a leg, somebody's an eye. Like these are all roles in the body of Christ, but they're really not our, our truest definition of who we are. But I, I think that sometimes uh, lacking that, that true grounding and identity in Christ, we latch onto our roles and kind of make that who we are. And that puts a ton of pressure on us to perform, which then makes a good rhythm of rest really difficult. Yeah, that's when you start hearing people say things like, well, I don't have time to rest. Yeah. That's good. It, it, it also then... Uh, makes it difficult to, to have healthy boundaries. So I'd say that that having healthy boundaries would be another resilience factor when it comes to burnout. So having the, the true ability to say no to things, which is really, really difficult for some of us, but, but a lot of us take on more responsibility than I think God would have us take on. Uh, we, we take on responsibility for outcomes that we really don't have control over for for other people's problems in unhealthy ways. And so I think that, again, like uh, people that are more resilient to, to burnout are people that have learned that it's okay to say no to some things. I mean, some of us really don't like to disappoint other people in any way, shape, or form. You know, we, some of us crave that affirmation that, uh, that, that comes when we say yes to everything. But man, it can be such a trap well, you look at it, it, it's it's a human need, right? I mean, I, I think that we are absolutely designed to find our identity in Christ. And God was so intentional in putting us in community to have that identity and worth affirmed by one another. Mm. 
But, you know, sometimes we look at our cultures, even our ministry cultures, and we realize, okay, what does it take to, to be affirmed in who we are? And sometimes we're also guilty of offering affirmation to the people that are high performers. Yeah. And so we do have that human need. We look around and say, what's it going to take to, to get that affirmation that I crave? And, uh, and so sometimes it, it, it's a bit of a, a systemic problem that I'm guilty of on, on both sides of the equation. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Who are the ones who are, are getting the, the promotions or the, the roles that, that we crave or long for? Um, what do mm-hmm. I have to do to, to, to be in the same place as them? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what would, would be a, a kind of a, a prescription for recovery from burnout? Yeah. Here's where I would say it's helpful to helpful to get the, the, the eye of somebody who's who's trained, if you suspect, boy, some of these things are being true or there's burnout inventories you can take, you start to check these boxes. It's helpful to, to talk to somebody who can help you discern a little bit what all is going on. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is because I realized I'm taking kind of a long road to answering your question, <laughs> but I, I think that you're right. Like oftentimes it's more, more complicated than just take a longer vacation. <laughs> And so, you know, sometimes we, we have overlap between burnout and depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so depression, it's more of a clinical thing. But if there's depression going on, oftentimes a vacation where you're spending more time by yourself might not help you make much progress. Um, there's other aspects that of compassion fatigue. And so there's overlap oftentimes between burnout and compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue is this fatigue that develops its it's really kind of burnout that comes in caring professions, which most people in ministry, that's a big part of what they do. And, and, and a component oftentimes of compassion fatigue is secondary trauma. So I'm being exposed to, to the pain and hurt of other people in ways that actually have this lasting impact on me. So if you say, okay, how do I recover from my burnout? There's this thing of, well, if there's depression, you need to be focusing on that as well. If there's compassion fatigue, there might actually be some secondary trauma that you need to work through before you can re-engage with work in a healthy way. So not just a matter of um, take another spiritual retreat and everything's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sometimes spiritual retreats are incredibly helpful to take a real vacation, you know, to not just do a one week, but... I heard some really good advice when we were on the field. The person said, actually, you need to take a minimum of two weeks of vacation because the first week you spend unwinding, de-stressing, you don't really start to experience the restorative aspects of vacation until the second week. So, so those are, are certainly good things. Um, but I would say that depending on the severity of burnout, if, if you feel like, okay, I've kind of crossed that threshold, I'm into burnout, it, it is probably going to require several weeks minimum away from those demands uh, that are pressing down on you. And depending on the severity, it will often actually be longer uh, because what you really need is you need your body, your mind, your spirit to have this, this ability to come down, to, to truly rest from, from this unhealthy stress and get to some point of reset. Um, would you say that there's also some, some intentional ways of approaching your life, like you, you were, talked earlier about boundaries. Uh, how would one go about kind of evaluating their boundaries uh, in order to maybe make some changes? Yeah. 
I would say that many of us do a pretty poor job of seeing things like that clearly on our own. And sometimes the person working next to me isn't going to be the most helpful person in that either. Because mm-hmm. the reality is the more things I say no to, uh, well, there's got to be somebody else that, that has to pick that up oftentimes. And so I, I think to take a step back and take a good look at, uh, yeah, do I have healthy boundaries? Uh, am I living within my budget in terms of what God's given me to serve with? I think sometimes we need to take a step back and find some people that also have a passion for, for living in rhythm and rest and with boundaries uh, and also might not be too close to our situation. So they can give us an honest assessment and, uh, and serve as a, a good mirror for us. Mm. So somebody that's not necessarily a stakeholder in, in our ministry or our work. If possible. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody that can, can shoot straight with you, but doesn't have too much, too much on the line themselves. So they can provide a more or less unbiased perspective. That's really good. That's sometimes the problem. We we've learned how to cope with stumbling along for a while. So many of us have in, in ministry and uh, by the time we really do realize we're burnt out, the, the, that wheel is already starting to, to come off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and oftentimes um, we're used to giving and we're used to sharing and we have a harder time receiving. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes there's actually people in your life or in your network that want to give, they want to serve you. Uh, some of us probably need to take some lessons in how to receive. That's a, that's a really good word. So in, in recovery from burnout, we talked about taking time, making sure that it's a, not just a, a little bit of a break, but actually significant time that allows us to unwind and to de- detach from the stress that we have, and then actually to be able to have enough time to, to stay at rest. Then what may be a time frame? a lot of people that, especially here in our Antioch community, we have a lot of kind of type A driven people. They, they want to know, how long should I expect this to take? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> That's a very loaded question, Andrew. <laughs> it, it is a loaded question. Um, and, and I would, I would probably uh, dodge the question because it, it's the kind of thing where it, it you know, you could, you could set aside a certain amount of time and get better rest and rest up and then dive back in. But if the, the deeper relationship with, with my work doesn't change, I'll quickly find myself back into burnout. That's the, right, so, that's the answer I was looking for. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't trying to set you up for that answer or anything, but, but yeah, it isn't, it isn't an easy answer, is it? We can't just say, well, you know, six months, four months, two months, you're going to be good. There's a, there's a lot of intentionality of how we want to, um, how we, how we need to shape our, our relationship with what we've been doing and how we've been doing it. Yeah. Mm. I'm so glad you answered it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, well and, and I think about, uh, oh man, sorry. I just thought about moving a piano. Uh, it, like it's an enormous task and yet there's right ways to lift and there's wrong ways to lift. Mm. So some of it is how much 
load I'm carrying. And some of it was also how I'm carrying it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think part of the struggle sometimes is it, it's in how we lift, how we carry, how we work. And so sometimes what we really need to do is we need to step back and, and pay attention to how I'm engaging with the, the works that God's put before me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard to see that when, um, you know, the, the email inbox is filling up, <laughs> the, the, the meetings and needs are piling up and, and I'm just trying to, to get rested so I can dive back in and, and do it the same way that I always do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for that person who's out there right now uh, thinking, okay, I, I feel like I am probably in burnout or at least I'm beginning in the beginning phases of it. Some, a few things that, that Andrew said today resonated with me and I need to do something about it. What might be one or two things initially uh, they're, you know, they, they're stuck in the middle of their job. Uh, not a whole lot that they can do yet before they can plan maybe a vacation or a, a time away, a, a meaningful rest. What might be one or two things that that person could do that might help them on the, to get onto the path of recovery? Yeah. I think the place I have to start is, is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we, we have this Mary and Martha dynamic and there's this sense of, yeah, Mary chose to sit at, at Jesus's feet. And, and so I would say, I mean, starting yesterday, we have to create space and time to, to sit at Jesus's feet. And I think that as we do, there's some things that we can start to learn from him. I think that even when we're in the midst of, of stress, we can start to, to pay closer attention. We read through the gospels and we say, okay, let me see how Jesus dealt with these struggles. And there's certain times when he went above and beyond the crowds pursued him. And so he met their needs. There's other times that he sent them away. And so I, I think one of the things that we can start to do is really well, go back to those core aspects of discipleship, learning to walk as Jesus walked. And uh, I think it can be a humbling experience and that's okay. Mm. I think part of it too is to to spend some time reflecting on boy uh what keeps me from embracing rest mm. you know god God has gifted us this rhythm it's displayed in Sabbath, and there's plenty of grace in terms of how we embrace that now um, but boy. With this gift, with this leading, with this example, what's keeping me from embracing that the same way and with the same passion that I embrace other things? Mm. And, and for those type A people whom I love, when you when you find that resistance, boy, to be able to engage with it with curiosity, you know, mm. to, to say, oh, I wonder, wonder what that's about. Like, where's this coming from? Like, genuinely just wanting to understand it before we go about trying to, to fix it, shape it, correct it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that idea of, of just kind of scanning and paying attention for that resistance. Yeah, I like that curiosity piece too. And so many times, it's we just want to we want to prescribe some something curative to get rid of it. Uh, but but it's part of how we're hardwired. So there's got to be something that we we want to look at it a little bit more graciously, don't we? Mm-hmm. Do some curiosity, some um, 
some wonder. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, there might be a need to to rearrange things or fix it, but um, but just to go diving at it with uh, with a scalpel, we might eliminate some of the the gift that that of the process. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I would say the one other thing that I would encourage people to pay attention to is their desire. Okay. I mean, for most of us, there was a time when we threw ourselves into something and it came from a place of love, a, a place of desire. And then I think along the way, we've lost touch oftentimes with our mm-hmm. desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes actually it's been these messages of, of, okay, desire gets in the way or it's dangerous or it's not trustworthy or, or it's wrong. But I actually feel like one of God's love languages is desire. He's a God of desire. He's created us to have desires. And so when we look at the person who's, you know, kind of waking up to the potential for burnout in their life, they still have a lot on their plate um, to find those moments of, uh, of desire that pop back up. The, the things that, that they find deep pleasure and joy in still. I think to get back in touch with those, I mean, those are the kinds of things that help to to put more into the resource side to, to build us back up. And so once we start to identify those, that, then we can create some more space for those things that really feed us and nourish us. You've taken something that I think a lot of us struggled with or been on the verge of, and it feels overwhelming and helped us to see it in a way that there's hope yeah, and and really there is hope we we have a, a savior who wants to walk us along this path where we learn to to grow and mature in how we approach life how we approach work how we approach rest and so i would say that there's always hope because we have that savior and friend and shepherd mm-hmm. uh, who is so for us and every moment is ready to take us by the hand and help us to to take one more step in that direction of health and maturity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And would you be willing to close us out by kind of taking us into the presence of that savior and praying a prayer of blessing and impartation on our listeners? Absolutely. Father, um, in James, you talk about this humility that comes from wisdom God, we know that as we are able to see things with your eyes, see things as they really are, it puts everything in perspective. That we can find rest and peace in knowing who you are as our sovereign, loving God and who we are. As your children that you've invited us to join you on mission. You've invited us to to build for the kingdom and that we're never alone in that. So God, for those who are, are listening, for those who are serving you, God, I ask that you would speak to their hearts. God, I ask that you would affirm for them at the deepest parts of who they are, just how much you love them each and every moment of the day, whether they're seeing fruit or whether they're experiencing failure. And that with with that assurance that they could rest in a rhythm of working hard, yoked together with Christ, and also resting well 
and erasing some of those delights and desires that you have put in us so that you can meet those. But God, I ask that you would bless your children in these and so many other ways. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Andrew. Yeah, it is uh, truly a privilege. And I, I hope this triggers some, some really great conversations in communities of, uh, of faith and service. Hey, listeners, thank you as always for tuning in to Resiliency. I apologize for not getting this episode out in time, but I was taking my daughter to college last week. Before we wrap up, I would like to take a moment to ask you for help. One of our listeners recently suggested we do an episode on language learning anxiety. So Steve and I want to hear from you, specifically stories or experiences that reflect stress and anxiety over language learning. If you have a story to share, we would love to hear it. Email us at resiliencypodcast at antiochwaco.com or send a message on Instagram at resiliencypodcast. And as always, thank you for tuning in to Resiliency. Resiliency.